Namaste and welcome. With the Hindu Parenting Podcast, our goals are twofold. First, we attempt to give every parent tools and resources to help them raise rooted children. This includes authentic stories from within the tradition and access to Hindu knowledge systems. The second and very important area of focus is to thoroughly understand the environment that children face today. We often hear the term mental health from young people. So what is this mental health crisis? How relevant is it to parents and what can we do about it? To address these issues from a contemporary perspective, we are going to be talking about mental health. You will hear from young teenagers, from young adults and from parents in the next few episodes. We will wrap up the series by talking to a mental health professional and exploring some dharmic solutions to the problem. Let's start with the young teen episode today. Over to Rina, our co-anchor for this episode. Namaste everyone. My name is Rina. Welcome to the Hindu Parenting Podcast. Today we have a very special um, series that's uh, that we are kicking off. Uh, it is the mental health uh, series and uh, we're starting this episode with uh, two very lovely teenagers with a special focus on uh, issues um, and challenges faced by teenagers and young adults uh, in today's day and age. I'm going to let uh, both of them introduce themselves and uh, we'll jump right in to the podcast. Yes. Uh, hi, I'm a 13-year-old. Uh, I... I was in a normal uh, day school for till I was in sixth grade. And then uh, for the other two years, I went to an alternate education, um, only online school. And then I'm, I was back in my normal day school uh, for eighth grade. Now I'm entering high school, ninth grade. Nice. Thank you. And? I'm, I'm a 15-year-old and I've been to about four or five schools. Um, three of them being uh, day schools and the, the one I'm currently in being a boarding school. And I'm going to go to the 11th grade now. Okay, thank you for those intros. So let's right jump in um, into the world of teenagers. I wanted to ask both of you, what are the biggest ideas, themes, probably issues that all of you face today uh, from your own experiences? Uh, so... In my experience with my peer group, um, there's a lot of um, identity questioning. So your gender and personality, who are who are you? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Uh, general existential problems. And there's also a lot of image issues about who I am, my body, things like that. And definitely like the mental health issue is probably one of the biggest problems that we face it, it's the one that stands out the most wow mental health okay that's a big term so what exactly does mental health in a teenager's world mean so you know before uh, that before that i would just like to ask uh ask them you know what you said is uh not at all a bad thing you know you want to know who you are where you come from those are questions that must be asked. So why is that an issue? That is my question. Because this, this is something that we all want to know, you know, who we are, why we are here, what, what is our purpose? This is, this is, in fact, 
the basis of our culture itself you know it's all about uh, understanding who i am okay that is the bedrock of indian culture so why is it framed as an issue because if if you think about it for a while it's it's a good thing but then if you kind of like wrap your world around that one question of who you are and everything it's it just it becomes an issue because you give too much um importance to it to um it it, it sends a lot of uh, us into spirals about like uh, that don't go anywhere it's not a productive uh line of questioning it's more of a degrading kind of uh it, it's a lot of confusion surrounding the whole like your the way you view yourself itself it's um it generally leads to a lot of dissatisfaction and people hating themselves a lot and uh, obviously normally if you're just like questioning your purpose and things like that it can be sometimes the most fulfilling journey right but other times when um especially at like such a young age starting from 10 itself if you start thinking about questions like oh why is my body like this or um why, why do people think my personality is so and so it it can lead to a lot of issues with confidence and generally just living life just day to day life can become so hard because of these questions that just loom over their heads and it it makes us question so much about everything so perhaps what we are what i'm picking up is that we are coming to these questions too early in life and and where do these questions start to pop up from um generally it it, it starts obviously with like a genuine interest in okay so what are these things that we keep hearing about from the internet and your then so you'll go search it up and you'll learn a little you'll do your own research and then you realize that there's this whole world that you didn't know about obviously in uh, terms of mental health at least um the internet is is trying to spread awareness about these issues because there's so little talked about before at least and um, now you start to discover them and then sun as soon as you learn about these things you stumble across them and then you start to apply them in your own life so they'll share with you like symptoms of depression and anxiety and adhd ptsd whatever the issue is and sometimes you might be like wait i i do that too sometimes they might be very normal things that happen to everyone especially during teen years right but um as soon as you identify with that it's so hard to let go of that because it first of all it's it's a very comfortable zone to be in because people are always giving you attention and sympathy and they're always like you can talk to me and you're getting a lot of um attention and a lot of people are supporting you which you might not have had earlier and also it it creates it gives you some answer for why am i not happy why am i not this why am i not that it it's like oh it's because of that mental health issue that i have it it gives people answers and not excuses but more um reasons that they catch on to to justify the situations that they're in so is it fair to sum up that uh, probably the internet access that is uh, probably excess these days 
uh, is giving you more time to uh, explore these things and uh, understand or sort of you know google your symptoms and uh, find out what you're going through uh definitely it uh, some most of it comes from the internet obviously but i don't think it's coming from a bad place where it's originating uh, while definitely. it started from a place of awareness it has become something to uh, you know sort of uh, identify with true so uh, when you face these problems um is this something that you are not able to go to an adult and discuss with uh, for solutions or is this uh, something that you all seek uh, solutions from somewhere and uh, any of those do they work or they don't usually people would like we seek help from either your friends or your internet because uh well adults it doesn't seem like they'd understand what like they like we're going through or something of that sort so it's just a sort of comfort rather with your friends who see you on a daily basis and possibly understand what's happening to you better than your parents could so you go to your friends mm-hmm. but they're not entirely like they're not a reliable source of solutions more than comfort because well they might have their own issues and like they're mm-hmm. no experts right so when that doesn't help out you go to the internet which which gives you coping mechanisms like it like it gives you solutions but they might not be exactly fit to your context because it's mm-hmm. a very um vast amount of information on the internet so mm-hmm. especially because most of the you know feed on the internet is majority is like in a foreign context so especially mm-hmm. in the indian context it doesn't work out for you so when the internet lets you down and your friends let you down you sort of resort to coping mechanisms like sleep food and other addictions when you say uh, internet are you talking about uh, just a google search or are there specific sources like uh, i mean what role does social media play say instagram does most of the information uh, usually it it could start off with a simple google search but then it takes you to websites like instagram or core or something of that sort where people interact right social me- social media so from there you YouTube. get all, all sorts of opinions and thoughts okay what would yeah. you say is one of the most popular uh, sites that uh, uh, uh youtube go- instagram tiktok reddit, reddit. Uh, tiktok has been banned in india so not india but obviously you can find these things on youtube so uh yeah i think all social media platforms are personally yeah. i would say it's like in our age group it's probably instagram and as you speaking about a uh, majority of the population or at least that's what i'm gathering majority of the population going through um, you know this kind of identification with mental health issues i'm sure you know um, institutions uh, that you are all in uh, are also making some efforts is that something that is uh, largely helping you all or do you see that as something that's that's going to probably aggravate the problem is there is there any um, insights on that so um institutions obviously they're uh, slightly more aware of the problems that we face and so they try to help they offer solutions they encourage discussions and things like that at least in my experience with my school 
um it's a very open place for us and we are often have like assemblies and classes and things like that that explore these kind of topics but most often they seem as patronizing and sometimes even condescending so they're they're just ignored or sometimes even ridiculed because people don't take them seriously they're like what will they know about our problems so okay uh, i mean can you give some um example of what kind of solutions uh, what kind of issues are talked about at these assemblies and what kind of solutions are offered because we are trying to sort of understand why right. is it that uh, they are considered unimportant and ridiculed because now okay right. uh, you are not looking to parents you are not looking to your teachers the institution is bringing you professional help and now you are rejecting professional help also so what what exactly can you give some example of what could be some of the issues that they are trying right. to address uh, so one example is that my school recently had like a few um, uh, we call them akkas our seniors um, they came and spoke about um, body issues and they told us that uh, they they told us basically to not feel bad about who we are and um, not have a negative image of ourselves especially in terms of our physical appearance and uh, try to not uh, try to um, adapt healthy eating techniques uh, there, there's something called an eating disorder our school spoke about it and we had a talk and it was a really good talk they they explored all the points they told us solutions they told us if you have like a problem come talk to us anytime someone wants to actually go talk to them the uh, the friends are always like the peer groups are always just discouraging them and telling them don't do all of that they'll tell your parents and oh my god like don't don't do that are you dumb like what's wrong with you why would you want to talk about these things just don't uh, just they would they won't understand they'll tell you some stupid stuff to do what if they tell your parents and all you'll only get in trouble it's it's definitely not explored as much as it should be it's not made use of and in terms of professional help a lot of kids do seek it in fact some kids prefer it kids who do seek this sometimes it does help them and they learn a lot about themselves and they're able to get out of the situations that they're stuck in but other times it might uh it might shift their focus onto the problems itself and and give them the sort of again the victim mentality and um it'll send them into a spiral of oh everything it, it, instead of seeing what uh the kids can do right they are almost always focusing on what others are doing wrong so you become very aware of like every small inconvenience especially when you go seek um help with a lot of people they, they'll just tell you oh that, that's so unfair in in my experience because i go to a, like i've gone to day school and boarding school in my current boarding school there's a lot more restrictions compared to when you're at home because you don't have access to technology very easily so due to that i mean the exposure is less but and the restrictions are more which should ideally like hypothetically it should be helping the situation right but i feel like it makes it worse because because um recently in school there were cases of vaping and everything happening within school even though there was no contact with like there was they were everyone was stuck in that bubble for like about 4 months but they still you know found access to it right so it's maybe like restrictions also kind of um we just you know you just don't want to follow the rules yeah because rules are meant to be broken or whatever all of that stuff so as as more restrictions are put in place there's the desire to break them increases as well 
So obviously there's a way that they find to, you know, find loopholes in the rules and do things. So, yeah, so maybe restrictions, putting restrictions and like limiting exposure to such an extent doesn't like do any good either. You need to like sort of reach a middle ground where they know what it is, except, but they're not spending so much time thinking about these like you know mental health issues and all of these things that it doesn't affect their day-to-day life see rules um you know and breaking them is not really new it's always been the case i guess today when the rules are broken the uh, dangers uh, seem a lot more uh, you know graver and uh, the magnitude of the issues that we're hearing from you both uh, seem to be a lot more uh, than what we at least, you know, faced in our generation. So that sort of brings me to um, uh, what I are actually the also feel, but, you know, that uh, we are groping in this fear from whatever, whatever the kids are saying. It seems mm-hmm. like everybody's trying to cope, groping for solutions, yeah. you know, uh, swinging this way or that. Uh, but I somewhere I think we are not getting to the root problem, yeah. uh, you know, issue of this whole phenomenon. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. in in one sense, what what the kids like like we started out by saying, you know, there's really actually there's no problem if you are questioning identity and uh, at least in our culture it is not considered a problem. Yes, we said that probably children are coming to it far too early before being ready for it. That is one issue. The other is that apart from coming to it very early, they're searching sources which have no connect with who we are as a culture, as a tradition, as a civilization. No connect. You know? So yeah. there, is a, uh, there is a false mapping of our situation with a foreign situation. And there is really not not framing the issue properly and therefore getting into all sorts of complications is I think one of the major reasons you know so uh, in my view I don't know uh, I don't know really I just wanted to say even when we try to seek help from people within our own cultural context like if we ask our parents or um, the teachers sometimes even they don't have seemingly solid answers which just True. they're most often disappointing and very flimsy. Like they, they'll, they'll tell you things like, oh, just ignore it. It'll go away. Things like that, that don't really offer comfort or solutions. They're just statements that they're trying to cover up the problem entirely. True. I, um... And I think these contexts, it being out of context is one. And plus, there is no holistic approach. It's uh, the solutions are very fragmented. Okay, so you are facing these symptoms. You have to do this, this, this. It's a very, um, you know, um, reductionist. Uh, reductionist sort of approach, I feel. Uh, while uh, we have really, you know, sort of, uh, it's time for us to introspect on how did we, uh, you know, deal with these things till now? Till we didn't have access to, you know, such, uh, you know, widespread internet and uh, platforms that tell us uh, and diagnose problems and give us solutions. Uh, Most of the times our biggest reliance was on the family unit. The family unit uh, actually, you know, was the go to for everything that anybody in the family faced. And, uh, you know, any external help is a very um, exceptional situation uh, sort of, uh, you know, resort that we went to. I think another problem these days is also there's a name for every kind of problem. So once you know the name, 
And once you apply that term to yourself, it's almost impossible to get out. It becomes part of your identity. Right. It, it, so, it's immediately something to connect with yourself and so many labels. In fact, like people say these days, like my generation, a lot of us say, we don't like labels, like don't label me. And even I've experienced things like this. Like I I don't want people to say I'm this or I'm that. But oftentimes I think we, we ourselves seek labels too, just different kinds of labels. <laughs> I know that is, that is very correct. Yeah. You, uh, in the same breath, you oppose labels and yet welcome them, you know, so. Yeah, yeah no, so there's a lot of ambiguity yeah. surrounding the whole thing. It is not easy to pinpoint, and it's very, um, it's a very, you know, kind of a gray zone. <laughs> it's it's difficult to uh, navigate this, especially in your early teens when life as it is is very confusing, and uh, and then you know you have access to these uh, uh, terms, and then you quickly begin to wonder if this term applies to you or something else applies to you. And then once you identify that maybe this applies, then you kind of label yourself. So, you know, that temptation, that danger is always there. And compounded by the fact that we, none of us are grounded in our own culture or identity these days. No, mostly. We hardly know anything about who we are, where we came from. We don't know our stories. We don't know our history. We don't know anything about ourselves, you know, so there is nothing to fall back on. So you start adopting these labels and applying them to yourself, though your lived experience has a disconnect with it, you know, so it's difficult to reconcile things. So, yeah, I think uh, we can go on now to probably giving some of these uh, labels and names. No, yeah, concrete examples. In fact, exactly. so these terms is what Rekaji mentioned, right? So I feel that uh, what are the what are these terms? <laughs> I feel as a parenting podcast, we have the responsibility to actually spread awareness about what is it that you know children are actually dealing with. While it is okay and fairly understood by the large majority that internet access and uh, you know um, it's unsafe out uh, for the kids to be on their own and uh, you know their people are aware of parental controls etc. But still, what are we talking about that is dangerous? What is the you know really gloomy picture that uh, you know is being built so uh, if both of you can give us some examples of what are those if you were to list down like top four or five things that parents should be aware of uh, amongst the things that you know trouble or you know challenge teens today what would those be um uh, the internet it it leaves a lot of um, entry points into some very dangerous and very inappropriate things that I don't think parents are aware of currently. Um, like, even if you're like a very innocent kid who just an average, like, let's say 10 year old and you you have a love for reading, you go onto the internet, you go to YouTube, you search up a few things and you see a few recommendations. You're trying to uh, explore your options, see what books you have to read. You, you, uh, you stumble across a few things that are definitely not... Um, is something you should be exposed to at that age, especially. Can you give like, some for example, example um, I don't know if uh, any of the parents are aware, but there's this um, author, if I can say her name, Colleen Hoover. She writes what we call uh, smut. So it's basically, it's kind of not entirely explicit, but um, slightly uh, suggestive uh, writing. It's basically porn in a written form, but it's not very explicit. It's more um, implied. 
and um, these things are very dangerous because now I see like sixth graders in my school carrying these books around and it's very concerning as to what they're doing and when I ask them they're like oh I'm reading this book it's 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 very fun it's like just a romance book and things like that so, so these th- books that's are one are these books are available? very available and sometimes like uh unaware parents they just buy it for them and they they have the books so and they, they don't like flip through the book and see what it is obviously they trust so their children they to buy novel. hard copy and online yes or? yes the hard copy mainly is what everyone uses mm-hmm. sometimes like it's restricted in hard copy like uh, in our school it's not exactly restricted but um they'll definitely ask you if you know what you're reading and um if, why you're reading it and how you came across it like there will be questions that's one thing I parents by thinking people, you know my child is reading so reading is a, considered anyway good so yeah if they're asking for yeah, a book that's exactly. good news for me you know <laughs> so yeah like i ask people like, okay what do you like to do for fun and they'll say reading and i'm like oh nice uh, and and they'll tell me they read colin hoover and i'm like oh okay in our generation anime is like a really really big thing so i have an elder sister and when she used to watch anime um it's a lot better now but it still could be because so most anime is like appropriate and it could like you know there's gen- there's a lot of genres sports and all of that and they they're really good shows to watch genuinely speaking but the issue here is that there's no good like like reliable platforms that you can watch anime on which is um what leads to you know like you want to watch a simple innocent anime and the only way you can find it because it's not on like Netflix or Prime or any of that stuff so then there's like suspicious websites on the internet where it's usually pirated uh, platforms and you have to go there to uh, watch whatever you want to so it ends up being like on these sites uh wherever you click like even if you just click on the search bar or you click the play button they take you to ads especially if you don't have an ad blocker so it's unavoidable you don't you can't help but go to those ads and if you like accidentally end up clicking on them like genuine mistake it takes you to very inappropriate sites and you start off with just watching a normal anime but then there's constant pop in ads that lead you to inappropriate anime like etchi or hentai anime which is like basically anime porn so it so something that started off really you know simply it just because of these random links and no good platforms to watch it on it takes you to like a very dark place so these can be controlled with parental controls or uh, they can be got uh, yeah that's I mean, that I was... feel like usually ad blockers work to keep these out but sometimes some websites you just it's it's unavoidable they just show up on the screen there's no way to really control it another way you get it like dragged into all of this stuff is through like games it might be like you know you're like playing a simple game like i don't know candy crush or something but then there's always ads in games right and even like the simplest of games they have ads that take you to other like yeah they take you to play store and then you just out of like curiosity you download a bunch of new games that you've never heard of before but then they end up being like really suggestive in a way it's not like explicit content but um th- there's another issue of um vaping it's basically a, a form of e-cigarettes it's uh nicotine with a few flavors and um it 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 creates this gas that you inhale 
and it's something that uh, uh, surprisingly is it, it's very popular especially like among my age group almost everyone like every school every community has some kids at least who um, who are regular vapors and uh, they have very unlimited access to these things like how do they get um, access are their parents aware of this uh no so you generally like you um it's it's mainly through siblings so you're let's say you're a person in my grade your sibling has some friends who are elder to them they have some friends who are elder to them like that there's a chain and obviously like as you grow older you you see a lot of things right and there are people from especially from like uh slightly larger cities like delhi and all um they they come in from there and they 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 sell a few stuff so they ask you like you want weed or you want vape or something like that and um obviously the the kids are all like trying to explore stuff and they they want to have their own like fun right so they say yeah sure like let's try it and the problem is that it's an addictive substance so and it's seen as very harmless because vaping is um not considered as bad for you. Yeah. vaping point so, i had one question on this vaping i heard that uh, this the e-cigarettes they come in all kinds of flavors that tempt 10 year olds yeah um the packaging and marketing of these uh, vapes and etc they're very um, clever and they're targeted to specifically a uh, younger young adults it's it's very attractive and very colorful and flavorful and stuff like that so obviously kids get attracted to it and then they have like a, a hit of it and it it seems so cool and so fun and stuff and the problem with vaping is it's a fairly new thing so as per now we don't know that it does too much damage there is definitely damage observed but and yeah. there's not enough research to see its long term effects so it it's a vastly unknown area and we could be taking all kinds of risks but no one would ever know be, until a certain period of like a few uh, uh, like decades at least for us to actually examine the impact that it has on people's bodies so i feel you're saying largely it. that this this access is not known to parents right it is yeah. without definitely not definitely not so what's the kind of age group that uh, people have access to for this Uh, from 10 12 onwards it starts from there you get to know about it you try it around like 12 what almost, are uh, what are typical situations where you get access to this is it something like a sleepover even within like your or... own gated communities there are so many um some elder kids of different age groups who will come and like who might offer it to you if you're friends with them and things like that the whole cool kids gang uh it has very uncontrolled access to all of these things and they'll definitely offer it to you as you your friends i've i've spoken to people who they they try to basically i feel like after a point uh it's not just people who are selling vape who are like marketing it like because in a way like she said they go and they when like you know elder kids who already tried it or whatever they sort of introduce it to people younger than them and because you sort of you know look up to your seniors or whatever you think okay if they're doing it it can't be that bad and i've i've heard people defending themselves like their you know whole vaping addiction by saying that uh, apparently it's not that harmful it's only like 0.1% nicotine some something of that sort but you know you don't really know where they got those facts from don't know if their sources are like trusted trusted to you know make sure they ha- 
they yeah. like on her how how expensive this is and how uh, you know this what about the source of funding i mean kids do not have unlimited also access. i think like um uh, there are a few people in my grade who have uh, done these things and uh, i've spoken to a few of them and um, it's for most of the at least like the rich kids quote unquote it's not a big deal like they'll just uh, ask their parents for like uh, a 1000 bucks or something like that they'll go buy it parents are absolutely unsuspecting they think they're spending it on chips or whatever and um like once they get access to it that they have their regular suppliers who come and give it to them at a certain date this that everything like that some people even buy like a huge stock and supply it within their community and things like that so yeah there uh, there are a few um providers in my community itself like some people uh, go contact them and they'll tell them okay i want like these many vapes by today can you give them to me and they they'll contact their own people and they'll get it and it's not a, a super expensive uh, as far as i know but it what, it is from what i've heard it's like at least 500 or something maybe this was i mean i know a few people who are vape as well and it's it's about 500 i would say for a vapor too yeah for 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 my friends it's uh, they spend around 300 for one vape depends also on the kind you're buying and the brand and things obviously i'm wondering if kids you know escape this pressure in a, a kind of dark twisted way I, i feel like there's no way to escape it i mean of course you could always choose not to do it but it's about teaching them from a young age that they have a choice in all kinds of peer pressure right it, it doesn't start with vaping it starts with very small things like bunking a class and things like that slowly the more you have done that's against the rules or against your conscience you start to lose that sense of okay i shouldn't be doing this it just doesn't seem wrong to you anymore you're like why not i mean i've done all of these things i've never gotten caught there's not no bad stuff that's come out of it why can't i do this too Yeah, yeah you get like high on the thrill of doing something wrong yeah and maybe you also about self harming you know is that is that prevalent oh yes um that uh, again that, uh, that that's part of the mental health issue um i've i've met a few people who've done it and who who do it actually um quite sadly and it it starts from like a hatred for generally themselves and they're just stuck they don't know what to do some people do it to uh feel something like they they feel so numb and so pointless that they they want to feel some pain they want to have some escape that they do it it's quite a it, it's a very sad uh, and dark place to go to but it, it is quite common unfortunately so some people really also between... do it due to like um mostly like a distraction like either if you're in like numb and you just want to feel something or you you're feeling too much so you just want to focus it you know that i mean i i know a few people as well and that's what i've heard at least what about okay. bullying does bullying play a role in in some of this too i mean is bullying an be issue at all because it seems to be a very very common theme uh, in the western mm-hmm. world you know bullying is a big deal uh, how is it a big deal for us because neither of you seem to have talked about bullying so far is that there it's definitely an issue that most of us face but it's gone from a more obvious like what you see on um these 
uh, high school series or things like that it's gone from the the more obvious kind of very direct like give me your lunch money uh, kind of trope to a, a much more um, subtle and this, in some ways more dangerous form of bullying that people don't really notice but it's this kind of um, it's more uh, a gaslighting into convincing people subtly and manipulating them into thinking that where they come from or what they're doing or the way they behave or the way they talk or what they see as right and wrong is dumb it's backward it's wrong it's like what are you doing with your life bro kind of thing is do you see a difference between boys and girls as far as all these things are concerned is uh, are boys more prone to it are girls more prone to certain kinds of uh, behaviors uh on the mental health thing girls are definitely more prone to it and because first of all um there's a the whole body thing it's not it's definitely there for a lot of boys but it's not as um prickling as it is for girls for girls you see it everywhere like literally everyone i've met in my circles has some inse- some major insecurity that they just can't seem to let go of and it's very it's much harder for girls to move on i would say with these things especially um but apart from that in terms of the other things there's not that much of a difference uh, uh, the uh, the whole anim- the the smart reading all of the 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 written forms of those uh, the porn and everything the smart that i i told you about um that is more something girls are into but in terms of like the h- hentai and uh, the anime porn like the actual yeah. like visual content or actual real porn the, the actual stuff then uh, th- that i i've seen boys do more often I, not much of a difference but yeah something that i've noticed okay so uh, i think there's one more uh, screaming thing that we have to talk about that is uh... Uh, this whole question about gender and sexuality which yeah. is all over the place how big is it um, do do people understand even the difference between gender and sexuality what it entails how many people are uh, you know using pronouns and all sorts <laughs> of pronouns how big is this it's become an extremely big deal because uh, like we said like as because you find exposure to it on the internet or even in your friend circle in your peer group you they tell you about these things just to make you more aware of them because you know it's a whole movement and everything um rights and all of that it starts off like that but then as you see more people identifying with it it's just like how you know mental health issues like depression or anxiety or all of that just like how they first started off with like you know trying to spread awareness and getting people help but it ended up being more of a comfort zone for people to gain attention so the same way this like you know your gender and your sexuality and all of that lgbtq all of that is it's become more of a uh, like a method to gain attention rather than i mean it could be true about yourself if you identify as a certain gender or sexuality it might be true but i've seen that it's become a lot more common you know yeah and it it's not a background issue anymore it's quite uh, it's it's something that's discussed a lot in uh like in my friend circles and everything we talk about it a lot and there are a lot of discussions like and people are slowly starting to notice that it's become like a much bigger thing and uh most of 
most people at least from like my grade and everything they just take a, oh my god why like who cares about this kind of approach to things so they're just just like they they don't want to get involved in the whole politics of it but if if it comes to taking a stance they're just they 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 have this attitude of like you do whatever you want um i'll do whatever i want as long as you don't interfere with my stuff i'll be fine as long as i don't interfere with your stuff you shouldn't have a problem with me kind of thing and obviously it's not wrong it's definitely not wrong in fact it's it's one of the best like most sensible ways to deal with these things and there there was a there was recently a debate in school and um a a, a lot of people they had some very like thoughtful and sensible opinions on how it's gotten out of hand a little bit and it's it's become uh, alarmingly a huger and huger problem that's yeah. that's a relief to know because uh, i think as adults <laughs> we are being schooled now on the difference between gender and sexuality itself you know for us whenever uh, right. we saw uh, that, a form, that is something gender was male uh, female sex was male female you know today now gender is a right. mental thing sex is a biological thing come on you know <laughs> what is this yeah it, uh, <laughs> it's a little confusing because obviously biologically also there there are different hormones and chemicals and obviously that will in, impact the way your personality is but there's also a a division like uh, there there are some uh, some genders uh, quote unquote that you'll see right now that are not i mean i wouldn't consider them genders their personalities like there's a, there was something called cake gender a while back it was it was to define people who are light and fluffy um I'm what not gender? sure how what that is, is a gender. Cake gender. What is it? It it it's it's, it's people who think their gender is like a cake. Cake. Uh, okay. Cake. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's um. <laughs> Do schools encourage the use of pronouns? I've heard that. No, some... no, definitely not. Not as far as I'm aware. They honest. Most of the times, like people don't tell their pronouns to the teachers and all. Like it's not a thing. um they obviously know about all of this especially like my principal she's she's very clued into the whole issue that we go through and everything uh and it's it's not encouraged it's not and generally like if someone says something like that they they'll generally try to like pull them aside and talk to them about it and try to understand why they're saying things like that where it came from so it's 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 not an institutionalized problem but of course that's just in my experience in a lot of institutions if they push that that kind of agenda there's nothing you can do about it they're controlling the environment you spend 8 hours in every day okay so i think we have covered a whole gamut of issues and uh, the lovely girls have been uh, mature beyond their years and have participated so animatedly during this discussion and uh, we are quite frankly um, we are very surprised to see their level of awareness on the various issues that are surrounding them and we thank the girls for their engagement with hindu parenting uh, thank you reena for uh, co-hosting this podcast with us it has been wonderful and uh, to all our listeners namaste we will be back with you with another episode on this mental health series in our next episode we will be talking to two young adults in their 20s regarding the problems that they face in their lives so until then namaste